Welcome to Hope for the Uprooted. I'm Susan Miller, and I'm delighted you joined me today. Whatever major life change has uprooted you, I hope you'll find hope and encouragement in this podcast for your journey. You matter to me. And I love envisioning you uh, sitting on your patio or your deck or in your favorite chair uh, or running or walking or in your office, wherever you might be. I just love the fact that you and I have a minute together, maybe a little more than a minute. I walked outside today and it was so beautiful with the blooming plants all around me. My geraniums are in full bloom uh, and they're all across the front of my house. I wish you could see them. And then I have pots of them all over the patio. They just love their spot and they they just bloom like crazy. And then I've got uh, petunias. I've got uh, wonderful, oh, in all array of colors, and the pyracantha that covers my walls in the backyard are blooming in white. My bougainvillea is in brilliant red and pink. I, I am just one happy camper in spring. Uh, I, I want to encourage you that even in the depth of winter, There lives in all of us an invincible promise of spring. I want to grasp that today. And I want to ask you how your garden grows. And I I want us to just talk about that a little bit. Um, What do people see when they walk by your garden? In other words, let's go one step further than that. Not just your flowering garden, but your life as a garden. I have a sidewalk in front of my house where people walk by and see my red door and my big wreath and all my flowers out front. And they see my garden. But what is inside that red door? What is or how does my garden grow uh, inside internally within my heart. It's one thing to walk by a a beautiful garden and think, oh my goodness, uh, her life must be all together. Her garden is in full bloom. But not so. You and I both know that behind every beautiful garden, there is effort and struggle and pain, as well as there is uh, rich dirt for what how a plant grows and fertilizer and care and nurturing and all of these things can apply not only to our flowering garden or our vegetable garden, but as well to our life internally as well as externally. So I want to ask you, how does your garden grow? And let's go beyond the flowers for just a few minutes. What do people see, as I said, what do people see when they walk by your garden of life? Is your gate open or is it closed? In other words, is your heart open or is your heart closed because of pain, because of hurt, because of your circumstances? How does your garden look 
from the inside. If someone were to walk inside the gate of your garden, of your heart, what would they see? Would your garden be overcome with weeds and rocks? Or would it be smooth and level, ready for planting? A lot of times my garden has been filled with rocks and weeds because of hurt or bitterness or anger. And I've let the weeds take over and there's been no room for planting. What do they see when they look at the bench in your garden? Is it torn, worn out, frayed, needs a paint job, needs a little rebuilding? What do people see when they walk into your life? Do you need a little internal repair? Do you need a little sprucing up, maybe a, uh, you know, a pretty pillow on your bench? In other words, maybe you need a little care and a little special touch in your life. What does that look like? What do people see when they look in your garden and when they walk by? Is the fence around your garden that holds the gate? Is it leaning over? Is it bending over? Is it stooped because people have tried to get in and yet the barrier has prevented them from doing that? They've tried to get into your heart. They've tried to get into your life, but your gate is closed. The fence is so high. The walls are so high that no one can penetrate your life, your garden, your heart. And if they were to peek in and they would see the weeds, would they be welcome? Would they want to come in and say, hey, let me sit on your bench. In other words, let me be a part of your life. How would they see the openness of your heart? I want to invite you in my garden today, a garden that has been at one time or another in my life, overcome with weeds, a bench that uh, I would not welcome others to sit with me and pour into me, uh, a gate or a wall that has uh, been closed, the wall been high because of hurt or pain. I want today for us to walk into your garden and for you to take a good look at how your garden grows and what people see when they walk by. I want to be able for you and I to open our gates, to take down our walls, to clean out the weeds, to put another coat of paint on that bench and prop a pretty pillow up, as I would say, where we can welcome those in and welcome those to sit with us that we might pour in and that they might pour in to each other. My garden gate has been closed many times because of the hurt and pain and grief that comes with loss. Perhaps you too have felt that when people walk by, they really don't see you 
but they see a closed wall of protection. I remember when my dad passed away uh, on actually on July the 4th when uh, we had gone as a family to the grocery store. We were all at the beach and we went to stock up on food and I was in the back of the grocery store when I heard my mother scream and as I ran to the front, I saw that my dad had instantly died of a heart attack. And there he lay on the grocery store floor. And as I walked through the checkout counter, ran through the checkout counter, my life changed in an instant. The grief I felt for losing my dad, the, the, the pain I felt for my mom and instantly becoming a caregiver for her, uh, my walls went up. I thought, Lord, I can't handle this. I closed down. I was enmeshed in grief and pain and what, what to do next and how to survive. My walls went up, my bench. Although people tried to get in, my bench did not say, welcome, come in. I was closed off in my heart because of the grief and the pain. And then when I lost my husband, Bill, um, to cancer, and I watched him suffer, and I never left his side for the entire four months that he struggled and was in great pain and suffered. I again began to close down. My gate was closed. The weeds grew because I had not allowed others in to pour into me, to restore, and to um, be God's arms around me. I've learned a lot from a garden that does not grow well by my choices, as well as understanding how we as women can easily shut down, how we can easily pull away because of hurt or pain because of circumstances beyond our control. And you may right now be in a garden of drought. You may be in a garden of plenty. But I ask you, how are you beginning to open that gate, to put down those walls, to weed out that garden to allow the planting. I love the scripture, Isaiah 61, 3. You are a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I have learned through having a closed gate, having walls so high in my garden, in other words, in my heart for protection, for survival, I have learned that that has not only kept others out, but that has kept God out from pouring into me, from restoration. And I learned through that as I drew closer to God that I needed to throw open my gate. I needed to take my walls down. I needed to redo my bench. And the pathway needed to be uh, plowed and 
and new seeds planted. How does your garden grow, my friends? Are you, as I, I, I like to say, are you watering your woes or are you fertilizing your faith? I watered my woes for so long. And it's so easy to water your woes when you can't see the big picture of what God's going to do in your life. Your circumstances may be beyond your control and you have no idea what's ahead. And you can't see that big picture. And yet, you know what God was teaching me? What God is teaching you? Everything is in His timing. No, we can't see the big picture always. We can't see beyond loss. We can't see beyond grief, beyond pain, beyond circumstances. And yet, it is in God's timing how He's going to nurture and grow us through the valleys, through the droughts, and the seasons of our life and the heart pain of our life and how he and what he is going to do with that and a lot of times it was so easy to water my woes because i wanted instant results i wanted i wanted to know that that everything was going to work out, that everything was going to be okay. I wanted to know, was I ever going to be okay again? Was that, was there a new sense of normal that was going to happen? When, when? God was not only trying to teach me his timing, but he was teaching me to trust and depend on him. And let me tell you, a lot of that took sitting on the bench in my garden and being still and dwelling with and abiding in Jesus Christ. You see, if you don't sit a spell, if you don't have that time alone with God, make a pathway. Honey, crawl over those weeds. Get through those weeds. Sit on that bench with Jesus and he'll slowly in his own timing He will show you how you can begin to weed it and how you can, that he will plant a new seed in your life. God is teaching us to trust him and depend on him and him alone. Gosh, when I think of uh, how many times I could not see the sun shining in my life when I was in deep emotional shock. And you may be that way. You know, being uprooted can not only be through a move, but it can be through a divorce or through death. It can be through um, circumstances. It can be through retirement or empty nest or downsizing or getting older. Being uprooted is change, my friends. And a lot of times through that change, when you're in deep emotional shock, like root shock, actually, it's just like root shock to a plant. It's root shock to your life. And you can't see the sun shining and your days are dark and dismal and you feel in despair. I know I've been there. And yet... It is the S-O-N 
not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N that we cannot feel shining in our life, in our garden, in our heart. You see, I had blocked out the sunshine, the S-O-N shine in my life. Because I couldn't even pray for myself. Maybe you're there too. Maybe you can't even pray for yourself. Allow others to come in your garden. Sit on your bench. Come in your life. Sit by your side. And pour into you. And show you that God is the sun. The S-O-N that shines in your life. And he is always faithful. You see, that's what God taught me, that even on my darkest days, when I shunned him, when I would not let him in to my garden because my walls were too high and I wouldn't let his people into my garden because I didn't want to see anybody, I didn't want to be around anybody, and I was fighting through it all to survive. And yet God was faithful. He was teaching me to trust him and depend on him. And it was all in his timing. And so many times God was reminding me that it was through fertilizing my faith, through his word and his promises and fellowship of others, that it was his word that that I needed to begin to grow deep roots in him, to begin to weed out my garden one step at a time, to begin to walk through survival one step at a time. Oh my goodness, press on to know the Lord. Hosea 6.3 You know, it's so easy to water your woes. Instead of fertilizing your faith, when you're in the trenches of a hurricane or a tornado or a life catastrophe or the fires that consume you, both externally and internally, your garden is not watered. Your woes are, and you're not fertilizing your faith, and you've lost the sense of a spring that could come from within. And just like garden soil provides support and nourishment and food for growth, gosh, a life-giving support is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is life-giving to us. He surrounds us with his love and he provides support through his people and nourishes us through his words. And in him, our roots can grow deep. And in him, we can be renewed and refreshed and have a new beginning. I often use the expression when I invite someone open, the gate will be open. I'll leave the gate open. And at that instant, I always think, Lord, yes, let me always leave my garden gate open. Let me always leave the gate of my heart open for others to come in and see your work, to see what you have done, to see the the display of your splendor because of you, because of you. 
we can face all of our tomorrows. Because of Christ, we have hope. We have hope. I, I just uh, encourage you that your roots can grow deep. Your garden can grow strong and beautiful with whatever you might want to plant. Um, there are times of drought. There are times that, that you're like a perennial and you may plant, but the bloom may not come until the next year. Sometimes it takes time to grow in our hearts, to bloom in our life, to um, clean out all the harsh bitterness or anger. These are the weeds in our garden. Resentment, bitterness, anger, um, the hurt the unforgiveness, these are the things we need to weed out for the planting of his splendor. I hope you're getting this analogy. I hope you're getting this visual that our garden is our heart. It begins with our heart. And what people see when they walk by us, hey, we may look like we have it all together, coordinated, you know, hair, makeup, you got it, sister. But what's on the inside? Where's the pain? Where's the hurt when other people walk by? They don't see it. I see. I see your pain. I hear your voice of silence. I've been there. I've done that. I've made wrong choices. I've messed up. I've blown it. And my garden, my heart has been in dismal array. Believe me, uh, disarray, shall I say. But I know in Christ I have hope. And may I always and may you always open the gates of your heart and invite him in. I mean, sit on the bench, be still, saturate yourself in his word, abide in him. Be grateful. A grateful heart will quickly begin to... Uh, help weed out your garden. Will help weed out all of those things to allow your garden to grow in Him. I want us, I just, you know, when I was thinking of this, and I just told a friend, you know, when I invited her over, I said, the gate will be open. And I thought, Lord, yes. Lord, yes, may we remember that because there have been so many times my gate, my heart gate has been closed. And I thought about, um, I thought about calling this podcast, um, The Gate's Always Open. And then I thought, no, I'll call it, How Does Your Garden Grow? And then I thought, no, I'll call it, Come Sit With Me a While on the Bench, you know. Um, but all that to say, you name it. But I want to take us to um, Matthew 13, 3 through 9. I'm going to walk you through some things um, that may help you um, get it in your life. But in um, New American Standard, this is the parable of the seed. And if we're going to talk about our garden and what people see in spring, I want to help you find that invincible spring in the midst of your winter. Verse 3 and 4, Matthew 13. And he spoke many things to them in parables, 
saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Oh, let me tell you a story. Bill and I were part of a small group in our church years ago, and we decided as a small group that we would hike down the Grand Canyon. Well, sir, I'll tell you that was quite a journey. Um, I told Bill, I said, hey, we may not make it down there, but we're going to look good. So I went and bought the hiking boots and the cute little shorts, and we, you know, hiked every afternoon after work where we could get in good shape. And as um, there were three or four couples, as we began to hike down, I noticed, true to that parable, true to that scripture, that there were seeds that fell beside the trail down the Grand Canyon. And I saw the birds and I saw the little chipmunks or squirrels or all, I just saw all being eaten up. They were they didn't take root and grow because the, it, the ground was so hard. There were thousands of people that hiked down the Grand Canyon. That soil on that trail is so impacted, so hard, that a seed could not penetrate it. That's much like, much like us in life, my friends. When we have been beaten down and hurt, our hearts are hardened. And the seed of God's good word cannot penetrate. And so many times in our garden, because of, of a hardened heart and the hurt and the pain and the experiences that we've gone through, we're beaten down and we're hurt. And there is no way the good seed can penetrate. What a parallel what truth, what a visual in that parable. Verse 5, others fell on rocky places where they didn't have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth. Oh my gosh, here we go again. A little discouragement, a distraction. Oh my, there's not much soil around that. Obviously, when you're discouraged or distracted, there isn't much richness of soil. It, it can spring up quickly. In other words, you can hear a good message on Sunday, and by Tuesday you've forgotten it because you've been discouraged, you've been distracted. You see... A lot of times there is no depth of soil. There is no depth in our life where the seed is implanted and can grow. But rather, it springs up and then because it has no depth of soil, because of the rocky places in our life, it cannot grow. And that's what I mean when I say we need to clean out those rocky places and those thorns and where nothing can grow. A little discouragement can help us, encourage us to lose hope, to give up. 
And I encourage you again, the parallel, yes, in that parable, where the seed falls on rocky places, what are your rocky places where there isn't depth? Where, yeah, it all sounds good and looks good. And yeah, man, I'll hang on to that. But then it springs up and then it fades away. Verse 6, but when the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Yes, indeed. You can so easily lose hope. You can so easily give up. Because many times someone can say something And it throws you into a despondent state of mind and you think, well, I'll just give up. I guess I'm not good enough. I guess I'm not smart enough. I guess there is no way out to this situation. And you begin to lose hope and you begin to give up. Because when the heat comes, if you don't have root, you're going to wither. And let me tell you, the heat will come. The pressure will come. The, the, you know, the, the imprint of everything being upside down in your life will affect you. And if you have no root, then you will begin to fade away rather than grow deep in Christ. You will lose that hope. And verse 7, others fell among the thorns. Okay, we're talking about the rocks. We're talking about the sun scorching. And how many times has hurt scorched us? And now we're talking about verse 7, the thorns. Others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them out. We could be choked out by worry, by doubt, by anxiety. By giving up, we could be choked out by by the simple uh, external circumstances that are literally choking us, that are the thorns of our life. Don't you see how this parable, I love the parables of Jesus because I am such a visual person. And I think to apply that to our life Uh, helps me understand all the more. I love his parables. Verse 8, And others fell, ah, here it is, And others fell on good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Fertile soil. Fertile soil that is ripe and ready to receive God's word, to receive the implanting of who he is into our life, to become one with Christ, ready to grow, ready to flourish, ready to receive, ready to implant in our children that hope and encouragement, ready to pass on the legacy to our grandchildren of the good soil in our life, where when our family, our friends, Our children, our grandchildren, walk by the garden of our life. In other words, touch our life, see our life, look into our life. You you know, you people read the pages of your life. People look at the garden 
of your life when they walk by. Invite them in. Be a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I just love that parable. I ask you, um, what kind of soil are you surrounding your life in? And are you putting down roots that will grow deep in the soil of God's love? I love um, Ephesians 3.17. Here it is. I mean, gosh, that's what I love about God's word. I mean, just take it, drink it in, saturate it. It hits the mark. Um, Ephesians 3.17. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Woo! Um, yeah. I, I think we need to weed our garden together. We've had a rough last year, and uh, we all have. Uh, economically, relationally, loneliness, isolation, illness, death uh, from COVID. So many things have uprooted us, and we need to be rooted and grounded and be reminded that we are a planting for the display of his splendor, regardless, in spite of our circumstances. We need to grow those deep roots, and there is a similarity between the garden soil and God's soil and the importance of that um, when we are being uprooted. In your garden, in your life, Grow those deep roots in the soil of God's love by watering regularly, by staying in His Word. That replenishes and restores your soul. Otherwise, you're like a plant that doesn't get watered and you'll dry out. Let me tell you, it happens. Uh, It's happened to me. In Arizona, if you don't have that little black hose that goes in your plants on your patio that that, you know, is the watering system. If it drops out, your plants will wither and die just like that. Mine do in the summer. I have to always watch that little black hose. God is your watering source. Don't be disconnected from him. He is your source. Water regularly by staying in God's word. You pull away, you're going to wither up. You need that continual planting and nourishing and provide plenty of light you do for your plants provide plenty of light by knowing God's truth believe in his promises my friends believe in them you can take that to the bank believe in him open those garden gates tear down that wall you know weed that garden is it going to be hard will it be overnight Yes, it's going to be hard. And yes, it's going to take a while because it didn't get that way overnight. And But let's start somewhere. Let, let's start somewhere. Let's start a new beginning from within. And then you want to fertilize with fellowship. Find a church. If you don't have one, find one. A Christ-centered Bible-teaching church. And connect with Christ-centered people who will nurture you and encourage you and pray for you. 
And don't forget to prune. Gosh, I have to prune my rose bushes. It just, oh, it pains me to have to do that. And then the more I prune, the more they branch out and the more they grow. Yes. Yes, my friends. I encourage you all the more um, to begin to break new ground in your garden. And um, to ask yourself, what is this going to take? Where do I begin? I'm ready. Spring is here. I am ready (coughs) for the dormant drought in my life to be over. I am ready to open my heart. I'm ready to say, hey, the gate will always be open. Lord, won't you come in? I am so glad you joined me today. I'm glad you sat on my bench for just a little while. And it even could have been my hammock that we sat on in my garden. Every now and then, you and I need a new coat of paint on our bench. Every now and then, we need to take a good look and make sure our walls are not too high and our gate is open. And not only will I be thinking of you the next time, I sit on my bench, but I want you to know the gate of my heart is always open to you for prayer, for encouragement, and for God's hope. Thank you for hanging out with me. Know that I believe in you and know that we always need to move closer to Jesus. It just doesn't get any better than that. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great spring, my friends. Hope for the Uprooted with Susan Miller is a production of Just Move Ministry. Just Move Ministry is a nonprofit, non denominational ministry dedicated to the emotional well being, spiritual growth, and ongoing resilience of women uprooted by a move or other major life change. Susan Miller is the founder of Just Move Ministry and the author of After the Boxes Are Unpacked. Around the world, women uprooted by a move are gathering in After the Boxes Are Unpacked study groups. Together, they form friendships and find belonging in a new community while seeking to understand how God is using their move to grow and deepen them. Learn more at justmoved.org where you can sign up for weekly words of encouragement, subscribe to Bloom, an inspirational publication, and read new articles every month that inform and inspire. Join the Just Moved community and the Just Moved community Facebook group, a place to connect with and be encouraged by other women anticipating or recovering from a move.